This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Torch Sports Podcast. We've got the squad here today. We are missing one member. Joe is not with us, but... Uh-huh. Brandon, Dylan, and Jeffrey are here alongside me, and we are just coming off of spring break, and I don't know about you guys, but it was kind of a needed break. Definitely, definitely. I needed a reset, a mind relaxation. Yes, 100%. Did you guys do anything fun? I went home and ate home home food, like, you know, that was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all all I needed. I went snowboarding. I went to the, the snow instead of the sun. So I guess I'm a weirdo, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, there you go. I uh, I went to Florida, where I would eventually be trapped, but who can really complain about an extra day in Florida? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting story, though, about you uh, not getting a flight that you thought you had, right? Oh, yeah. I was, um, that was bad, <laughs> finding out last minute that I was not going home that night. So <laughs> I was uh, lucky I actually had a place to stay, so I wasn't bumming it out on the streets. Yeah, and like you said, man, actually night in Florida is not... No big deal, nothing to sweat about. But uh, in terms of Ferris, we had a couple things happen over spring break. Um, Brandon, you covered both men's and women's basketball, wrapping their season up. Not on a super high note in the NCAA tournament for either squad, really. Yeah, not the not the highest note that we would have expected. But still, I mean, great seasons. I mean, rings on both sides, women's the tournament title, the men's regular season title as well. So that, that was a really cool moment. Uh, I feel like there was definitely a little bit we left on the table, and I would th- say that the team would agree on that same part. But, I mean, there was still some really good, and I think a lot of people forget how good the Midwest region is. And, I mean, arguably one of the best regions in, in the country for both sides of Division Two. So uh, I think there's a lot that can go in to see how how good these teams really are just beyond the, the initial look um, over the season. So I, it was just tough, and I think with the, the men's team in particular, uh, just a slump at the wrong time at the end of the season really just could not get the get the shooting on tap, especially in that Saturday game against Hillsdale. I think we were 4 of 24. That's just hard when we have, we have such a great shooting team. When those things aren't falling, it just seems like – uh, there's some times where we struggle a little bit to, to find that tempo and find that pace because that's where we excel. And that's especially over the last couple of years under Broncoma's tenure that we've done really well is being able to turn transition offense into being able to shoot the basketball and make these huge runs. But, I mean, the women also did fantastic. I mean, the just the upset of the of the in the GLIAC championship over Grand Valley was enough and then almost literally only six seconds away from doing it the same against Ashland would have been phenomenal. But, I mean, I, we, we got a lot of great things coming out of there. So, going to be really good seeing up these com- coming years. A lot of coming back from both sides and a lot to look forward to next year. Yeah, I think the women's side especially is uh, the, the future looks pretty good, especially the next couple of years. The men's, you know, losing losing a few key guys there. But uh, Broncoma's a good coach, and he'll get them turned around for yeah, sure. So. Absolutely. Basketball wrapped up. Uh, hockey also wrapped up recently dylan that's kind of been your area of expertise this year if you want to talk a little bit about that oh yeah uh so both uh games lost in overtime to michigan tech um i had that feeling i thought they could maybe win one and i especially thought they could at least win one when both of them went to overtime it's it's a little frustrating uh considering in that last two game stretch uh the regular season they were able to hang with uh michigan tech pretty well for a uh, I think ranked 17 in the country, 14 in the country at the time. Um, so I was really hoping they would take it to three, uh, but they didn't. But overall, uh, it's a definite improvement. 
uh, from the past season. They were able to get 11 wins on the season and just set of one. Um, and this team is young. It's bright. Uh, shout out to now CCHA Rookie of the Year, Bradley Merrick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a star on this team. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to see a lot from him. It, it Just a little frustrating that they couldn't pull out at least one win or even the upset against Michigan Tech. But what can you ask for from a team that went 11-24-1? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel like with hockey, the thing you got to understand is that the future is definitely bright. Yeah. I mean, this was not the year that anyone really expected them to win 11 games, I don't think. I mean, I didn't, especially watching them last year, but that that's a pretty good step in the right direction. I think next year we'll see a little bit of the, a little bit more of the same thing from Daniels and the hockey squad for sure. Um, but yeah, hockey's done. Basketball's done. Now we're kind of, we kind of been working on tennis a little bit here for the past couple of weeks. Jeffrey, you and you and Dylan have kind of taken the reins on, on tennis. You want to talk a little bit about your experience covering those games? Uh, well, it was a, it was a long experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long match. They went all the way to the last match, but they pulled off the win for the uh, the game that I covered. And uh, it was – I've never really looked into tennis like that. I don't really know much about it. But when it got down to, like, the end, it was actually, like – pretty interesting it was like really going at it and you know it got the hecklers up there on the other team all talking in like different languages and then you got dudes in our team talking to them up there and then you know so it was it was a pretty cool experience and then uh seeing them win so that was pretty cool yeah dylan your experience was a little bit more fiery i guess uh, better than mine uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um I'm not much of a tennis guy, uh, and I, I don't really feel bad saying that uh, that tennis ball that was lodged in the radiant heater that caught on fire uh, during warm-ups was probably the more exciting thing that happened uh, during the match. Uh, it wasn't anywhere close. Uh, Ferris pretty much sweeped, or they sweeped every uh, set. Uh, no Ferris players uh, lost, I think. So it, it was pretty pretty easy for them they already won it going in after like two uh sets from players so it like jeffrey said it was long um i kind of figured out a lot about it i was i was asking around trying to get a hold on it so i, I definitely learned a lot about tennis but uh those those guys were going hard out there they they put a lot of heart into that so that's really respectable as yeah. you watch it it's like you're learning more as you watch it. Mm-hmm. Like going in, I had I knew the basic, you know, the out. I knew the rules, you know. Got to hit on the opposite side, of course. But no, I didn't. I didn't understand the scoring at all. So I was completely lost. I had to oh, look yeah. it up, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Dang, I don't know. I don't know what's going on right here. Like, who's winning?" And then I just, as I go along, I was like, "Okay, okay." Yeah. I think the only reason I have even part of a clue about tennis scoring is from Wii Tennis. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is. It has to be, right? Yeah, so that's it's, that's pretty interesting. But tennis is going to keep going on. Softball starting up. We haven't had a home match yet, but uh, should be shortly. I think in the next couple of weeks, actually, we'll start having some softball here, some home fair softball. So that'll be fun. Um, track and field. How are we doing there, Brandon? Oh, we're getting there. Start of April. Let's go in Michigan State. going to be the big one. Start Very nice. Season. Very yeah. nice. So We're spring is a lot from you, Brandon. Yeah, I know, especially from you, Brandon. The I team, know. but especially from you. I know. Haven't had the greatest indoor and cross season, but 
We're getting better. Yesterday was one of my best workouts. Feeling pretty good. Good. There we go. So, yeah, Ferris uh, Spring Sports well underway. They will continue to partake, I suppose, or get going here, and we will be following them along along their journey. So follow us as we cover Ferris Sports online and in the Ferris newspaper, as well as tune into the weekly podcast here. Um, but for that, for Ferris, that kind of wraps it up for spring break. So we got some news from the NFL recently about – couple teams proposing to change the overtime rules so first what do you guys think uh do you like the overtime rules in the nfl currently do we think there needs to be a change what what I, where are we kind of at with that i think there could be a slight change uh more of like just like if each team gets a possession uh and they both score then you know either you know the next person wins or maybe just doing an overtime period where it's five minutes somebody scores you got a chance to score back, but it's a five-minute game no matter what. And then at the end, then you, I don't know, you have to figure out something. Maybe like a extra, like kick field goals with your kicker and, until like you could find out because they're trying Not to like make a it. shootout style, but a kick out. Yeah, but because, you know, they're, they're worried about, what they're worried about with the overtime rules is uh, is players getting injured from a longer game period. So, I mean. It's either you keep it how it is now and just hope for the best. I mean, you just I mean, I guess all you can ask if you if they keep it now is you got to upgrade your defense enough to get that stop. Yeah, resist the coin flip. Yeah. Yeah, um I I don't like uh the current overtime rules and I th- I think it's better for the game. Yeah, it's it, it's an, always a concern that with a longer game there might be injuries. But uh Go back to where this really all started in the Chiefs-Bills game uh, this past year in the playoffs. You have two stud quarterbacks, Mahomes and Allen, and Mahomes gets the chance. I mean, yeah, they gave up a touchdown with 13 seconds left, but it's Patrick Mahomes. That's going to happen. You go to overtime where you can create some of the most suspenseful, dramatic, good football, but you only give it to Mahomes, and he ends it because it's Patrick Mahomes. I think it would be great for the game to have it battle out. Um, double overtimes, I don't don't think that's a necessity. I think it should go to like smaller um, increments to where you want to kind of push it to getting it over faster, but you don't want to like force it. You know? Yeah, like a college football kind of like start from the twenty-five or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, college football, their their overtime. I mean. Like we've seen it go to like nine overtimes, but I mean, mm-hmm. think it's about, really think exciting. About how crazy fantasy football would be if oh. an NFL game went to like six OTs. I mean, then you're talking about like having to change fantasy rules where overtime points just don't count because you could have a guy scoring nine touchdowns. I mean, very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that there needs to be some sort of change. And I think, I think the Titans had a really interesting idea, and they proposed that it's basically the same rule as it is now except when you score the touchdown first, you also have to score a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit better because if your defense gives up a touchdown and a two-point conversion, then, yeah, you lost the game. You deserve I mean, yes. I feel like mm-hmm. you should just lose at that point. Then you're de- you're, at some point, you have to be like, okay, as a defense, we have to get a stop. Exactly. You can't just rely on the other team's offense to the win. The game has you have gotten to be able a little to bit too much offense to win, too, I think. Yeah. Um, but I for sure think that there at least needs to be – there needs to be something more 
to give the other team a chance. Like like you were saying, if if Josh Allen touched the ball again, he I think they would have tied it back up and that yeah. game would have kept going. But I don't know. The Titans the Titans won. I didn't really think about that until I saw them, you know, they had proposed that solution and I was like, "Oh, you know, that's kind of interesting. I like it a little bit." So Yeah. I I think the Titans proposal uh it, it gives you the option. You don't have to take that two. It mm-hmm. that two is if you just want to go all in and end it. You miss it, you're down a a point. Exactly. So if it's then a uh, touchdown and an extra point, you lose. And yeah. that puts a little bit more pressure on, on exactly. the head coach as well. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to go for the win, or should we kick this field goal and trust our defense? Yeah, and it'll, it'll so definitely. That puts pressure on the head coach, too. Yep, that's a whole new coaching philosophy. I mean, just like there were a couple times this year where Jim Harbaugh went for – or, I'm sorry, John Harbaugh went for two at the end of a game where the Ravens could have won if they just – or tied, just kicked the extra point go to OT. But instead he goes for two, and they end up losing both those games. So – it'll bring in a new coaching philosophy and if, if that com- comes to be the overtime rules. And I think that that brings in a new challenge for both the team and then also coaching philosophy, which oh, yeah. is good for the game, in my opinion. But Yeah, I feel like in the – I know, like, I personally was um, not necessarily, a, like, in total favor of a total revamp of the overtime because, like, I don't want to just make it so, like, the defense has no matter in this. So, like, each time both teams get a possession. I mean, offense could be playing well, but that doesn't hold the defenses accountable when you're seeing touchdowns go both ways forever. Now we're talking five OTs. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think the reality is, uh, I mean, especially with the momentum at the end of the game, I mean, what else are you really going to do to be able to stop that, right? I mean, it's just a fact of at the end of that Bills-Chiefs game, whoever got the ball first was going to win exactly. the game. That was what it was going to happen. So you don't want it to, to really end that way. But, I, I mean, I really like the, the idea of both teams getting the ball. Uh, I'm, I don't know about the – I know they were talking like they could have another extra overtime full, like 10 minutes or something, playing another quarter, which I wouldn't have a total problem with. But, I mean, by that point, you've already played 60 minutes of football. It's going to be another 10 minutes. It's going to be tiring. But uh, just having that – like just kind of in that college realm where now it's like the two-point conversion you have to go for, it kind of makes it more interesting. And that makes you have to dive into your playbook more because, I mean, the teams have five that's five sets of two-point plays, and now you're going to have to expand it just to have it to overtime because teams are going to scout that. But mm-hmm. I do like if there's whatever method they come up with, if both teams get the ball or whatever, uh, Pat McAfee's overtime rules that he wanted to implement where it's a kickoff by, at that point where you got alternate kickers. I think that'd be sweet because that brings even more value to the kicker right. into the NFL's game, especially when now that you got uh, a bunch of kickers like Evan McPherson, Money McPherson being able to, to prove his worth for the team um, at the end of the last year's postseason. So I think that'd be cool, like alternating 40 to 45, kind of like soccer style, first to miss without the other making wins. That would be pretty cool. I feel like that would make the game a lot more fun going down the stretch when you got the kickers. The icing of the kickers would be even more interesting. Field goal shootout. And then that would mm-hmm. also help because I don't, I don't like the tie. Like, I don't. I don't understand. No. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there has to be a winner. This is football. Why are hockey, we tying? Hockey, I get it, because you'll see teams with eight, nine ties for a season. Yeah. In football, no. I don't want to see no. two teams in the yeah. league have There's one no tie. There's no point. Yeah, like, no. It's just that, that helps nobody. Like, so we should create a – I mean, that that is a pretty good, uh, interesting – like, if they someone to propose that, I mean, that puts a lot more stress on kickers. And then, you know, you have to have a kicker good enough to make those field goals when it comes down to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would get a lot of backlash from NFL teams because then you're taking star players from the team off of the field. Exactly. That's the only. I think it would be really cool from a fan perspective to watch that, but I feel like the players and the player association probably would vote against that. Um, but I, I definitely think something needs to change, and the way I see it is 
the first team, no matter what happens, the second team touches the ball. So first team goes off, scores a touchdown, scores a two-point conversion even. The other team still gets a chance to, to score and tie. And from there, it's sudden death. Yeah, I feel that's, like that's, – That's kind of the thought that I've had since the new rules were implemented, what, like ten, six, eight years ago or whatever it was. And that's where I would like to see overtime games go because then you still have the chance of, you know, each team touches it once and the game's over if the other mm-hmm. team doesn't score. Yeah. Or the second team scores and the first team didn't. Um, but then it's just sudden death. A field goal would win it. Yeah. So. I feel like the college, if, if they were to implement the college overtime rules into the NFL – that makes it a little bit harder to score because now you, you, you got a little bit less field to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're basically right there at the red zone. So then it comes down to your red zone offense versus their red zone defense. I mean, and it's harder to score, you know, when you're crammed up within those 20 yards. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about having these teams start in the red zone. I think it should just be a kickoff like a regular, you know, the regular start of a game team gets their possession or whatever to try to score if they don't score they kick it away other team gets a chance to score they score it's over first teams if the first team were to score a second team ties it then the next team to scores wins and you play just like the fourth quarter or the third yeah. quarter except it's sudden death at that point yeah i like I, that yeah i mean i do i do actually really like the titans th- thing though because like you said brandon you'd have coaches would have to make additional two-point plays to throw into their packaging and and then like dylan mentioned do you kick the extra point and play for an extension of the game if they kick a you know an extra point on the other end or do you go for two to try to win it right away i think that brings in a lot more strategy and it also keeps that feeling of you can end the game like that if mm-hmm. you need to yeah so keeps it fresh the mental part mm-hmm. keeps it fresh changing yep. it that way exactly fresh. i think regardless though something just needs to change and, and it it's nice to see that nfl teams also recognize that and are and are having these proposals because i think who is the the Eagles and the Titans. Eagles, but was there? There was another team that said the same thing that t- the Eagles did. Oh I yeah, I can't remember. I don't know who it was, but I know the Bills. They have. They've definitely. Uh, oh yeah, they've Bills definitely Mafia sent has in a very, very outspoken about uh, the changing of the overtime rules. Just but, a smidge. But anyways, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That Colts we're seeing and that. Eagles. Colts. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then the Titans had their own. Yep. So, and the Colts make sense because they lost to the Ravens yes. this year, courtesy of Mark Andrews. So, but anyways, thought that was a little interesting. The main Oops. thing going on in the sports world right now is, of course, March Madness. So let's dive into this just a little bit here. First of all, who are you guys picking? Uh, that's tough, man. Uh, I mean, we got you. Everybody's got like five brackets. So mm-hmm. are we going off of Maine? I would say like. If you had to pick one bracket that you could enter to win ten thousand okay. dollars, who would your champion be? Arizona. 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 That that's tough because, like, in reality, I mean, I think the the favorite that you'd probably put in this scenario is Gonzaga. But oh, yeah. I I want Arizona to win. Like the Cinderella story, first year head coach, the way they've played have, would it's been phenomenal. Oh yeah. And they're they're definitely the team I think everyone's rooting for, and including myself. But I mean, if you had like. That scenario, ten thousand dollars. What's probably the most likely on paper? I mean, you like Gonzaga's experience, and it this like this seems like one of the years they could put it all together. But every year we say that, and then one of them they falls out around yeah. thirty-two. Yep. Every they year. never win it. So, boy, I, what do you what do you guys think? A team that just last year got to face Gonzaga before Jalen Suggs hit that shot. UCLA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still one. got Johnny Juzang. Still got um, Jaime Jaquez. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Got him. And 
They're 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 a big team, yep. and they got a lot of scores. And I like that UCLA pick because they, they don't get have, hot. They don't have an incredibly difficult path. You know, I think Gonzaga has a really tough path to the yes. to the finals. I, I mean, that, they, that first I region is probably the toughest in the entire bracket, in Agreed. my opinion. But let's let's be real. I mean, all of these regions are going to be tough. It's March Madness. Oh but yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know, Dylan. What do you think? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Brandon, and I kind of want to stick with my Arizona pick. Um, but it, it Gonzaga's got a tough path, as you said. But it's Gonzaga, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been a powerhouse. I don't think Baylor is as strong as no. they were last year. They won it all last year. I think they're a they team also, that could lose that eight nine game in the second oh, round. Yeah. They also just because Marquette. Super, super streaky team. Like, if they get hot at the right time, they could legitimately make a Final Four mm-hmm. run. I mean, they're that type of team. North Carolina, too, with seniors. They've got Baycott. Um, if they I, played like they did in Cameron yeah, against Baylor. They will make the Final Four. They exactly. would be a tough team. I know. I, w- I love Baylor. I mean, they they gave me some greatness last year. They did. But I, I honestly think uh, my the bracket that I did just yesterday on the MBSP, I had UCLA beating them, and I think that's a realistic possibility oh, in the sure. Sweet 16. I think that UCLA team is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I would probably agree with Dylan. I think Arizona was my pick uh, yesterday, and I think I'm going to stick to it as of now just because the physicality, their ability to – play around the physicality being able to go inside out shoot the basketball defensively they're very efficient and that's something that can help them especially down the stretch and it just seems like you have the this team this Arizona team like when you look at Gonzaga you look at Kansas they've been in this situation before so you almost kind of get too comfortable right and that's what's killed some of those teams like Kansas has got knocked out sweet 16 or earlier how many times now and Gonzaga hasn't made it back they made it to the semis last year but before then they had fallen out a couple times too early too. So that comfort where Arizona's kind of like they're in this new spot and they're, they still have that same philosophy going in this season. Like it's just a fresh season, right? You're, you have no expectation. You're the number one and you're just looking to continue it rather than it's like, oh, yeah, we've been here before. We know what we can do. And then you get too comfortable. And then some team gets really hot, kicks you out early. And that's what scares me about teams like Kansas. I don't trust Kansas whatsoever. And then you have Baylor that's on a little bit of down, down struggle this year. And they, they probably won't have the – they're, this year, if they make it, it'll be much more of a testament to that team, especially with the injuries as compared to last year, because last year's team was just in, Unreal, insane. Yeah. Right. Speaking of the injury, they they lost their starting center. I'm going to yep. butcher his name, but Jonathan Chattachoa or something yep. like that. Yep. And yep. He, I mean, to lose a big, I mean, it's, it's tough if yep. he's, you know, a key part to your team, so... It's interesting you said that about Kansas because I was just about to say that Kansas was probably my pick. Yeah, to win really? It. Honestly, I would say Tennessee is, I think, is the hottest team in the nation right now, besides yeah. maybe Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those it would come down to me for those one of those three teams or UCLA. Let's talk about Iowa. I think <laughs> I think Iowa could be very very easily a Final Four team. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. no doubt in my mind. I have a bracket where Iowa wins. So do I. And mm-hmm. it's because of Keegan Murray. Yeah. Ed, I, he can, he but can the, play But basketball. they've got shooters all around him, oh, too. Yeah. I mean, Jordan yeah. Bohannon can light it up like that. Think. McCaffrey can light it up. They're Big Ten teams, so they're, you know, they're, they're battle-tested. So, I mean, I feel like if any year is a year for the Big Ten, it's right now. We have nine teams in, inside yep. the tournament. Certainly, well. I will say. They did have nine last year. I will say this. 
I don't think a single Big Ten team makes it farther than the Sweet 16 except Iowa. Honestly, yeah. I think Purdue can do it too. I don't um, think Purdue will because their defense is yeah. horrible. Yeah. Really, I mean, they're, yeah, but yes, they have an All-American in Jaden Ivey, two tremendous big guys in Trevion Williams and Zach Eady, and maybe we see Matt Painter play both of them at the same time, which we didn't should. see during the regular season. Maybe that's kind of something he's considering for the tournament. And if that's the case, then I might change my stance on them a little bit. But if they continue rotating in, and with the way their defense is lacked, I just don't see them making it past a team that can fill it from the three. Kentucky. Right. What do we think about the two Michigan teams? Michigan State? Both first-round exits. Probably. Oh. I think they get. I think they get past the first round. I Davidson. I think okay. it's a perfect Co- revenge story Colorado for Foster State, Lawyer. I think. I think Hunter Dickinson is just going to be a little bit too much for Colorado State to handle. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with Jeffrey. I think both of them at least make it past the first round. Once uh, Michigan State has to hit a larger team, I think that's where they'll fall. Same with Michigan. Maybe they can pull one out against Colorado State. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan falls in the first round, just how tough their schedule has been and how they've been playing this entire year. I could see that, but it's about 50-50 for me on Michigan, almost certain that Michigan State advances to the second round. I think Michigan State will lose because Davidson has Foster Lawyer. It's and like it's one of those perfect stories. You is, know, a guy transfers a out of a program to a you know a much, much smaller, less reputable school, and then he gets to face that school first round of the NCAA tournament as the clear underdog. I mean, you're facing a Power 5 team. I just and Michigan State has been so brutal this year. But at the same me, time, I know that the <laughs> committee has been like they have not held back of storylines in this entire tournament. I mean, you have Gonzaga at the top, then you put Boise State on eight in that region. Oh, by the way, they got to face coach, Memphis. Yeah, they're going to face Memphis. Not only that, but their head coach was Mark View's assistant last year, and they're mm-hmm. going to meet potentially in round two. And that's that's the whole storyline there. Foster Lawyer and Michigan State. And, I mean, how many times have they literally put Michigan State and potentially Duke together? I mean, come, come on, man. Give them a break at least. I, I'll also say this. I think that Michigan State has a better chance of beating Duke than they do Davidson. Because, and here's why. Michigan reason. State always plays better against good teams. True. Purdue. It's true. That is Illinois. True. I, I know we lost to Illinois. Or, sorry, should we? I know Michigan State <laughs> lost to Illinois at home, but that game was close. But then look at, like, Northwestern, Penn State losses in those games i just think that i think that at michigan state has a much better chance of winning against duke than davidson the way they're going to prepare better for the duke game the way i think we beat davidson is it's just our our pace just Mm -hmm. just yeah because davidson likes to play very 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 slow break they're going to take threes if if, a lot of them because i mean all it takes is for Tyson Walker to have a, a good defensive game if he plays Foster Lawyer, and you know that could that could be pretty much you know a, a done deal. And plus, Tom Izzo knows Foster Lawyer; he knows mm-hmm. what he likes, you know where he likes to shoot the ball. I mean, so if they Trust get me. if they get running, it's it's going to be. I it's gonna I be would crazy. love nothing more than for Michigan State to beat Davidson, but I just <sighs> it's scary. I have Davidson winning because if Davidson wins, then my bracket. Is still good, but if Michigan State wins, then Michigan State wins. It's a win-win. So it's like a win-win for yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But I I do I will say though Michigan State was once in the top ten this season. They have that potential if they can click. Max Christie can start hitting shots. Gabe Brown can play well. We can get some good defensive play from Marble and Bingham inside. 
I mean, the Final Four is this team's cap. I think. I feel like I feel like that's the reason, kind of why. There's two reasons why Michigan State really hasn't like really maximized its potential, and that's Gabe Brown not being consistent and Max Christie just not hitting those shots. I mm-hmm. mean, he because he gets good looks and they're all like right there, but they just hit off the rim and bounce like, and then he's just. It's just too inconsistent yep. at times with the scoring I from your leaders. I completely agree. Yeah, it's it's definitely one you're like, this could easily be a coin flip. I think that's probably one of the the most close sided seven tens we'll probably see out of all mm-hmm. of the field. Uh, I mean, you have like Ohio State and Loyola. That's probably the next closest. But I mean, there's there's a lot you could look. For. I mean, it's an Izzo team. Of course, you got to be a little bit aware of that. Just because I mean, they, what is it? January, February, Izzo, Izzo April. April. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> That's always something you can look forward to. I'll be interesting to see how my Wolverines do because I mean it's been an up and down year to say the least. I don't, you know. I, I feel it's, like they get past Colorado State. I feel like Hunter Dickinson's just he he's gonna dominate the paint. Yeah, and it's gonna I be a too. long night for Colorado. Yeah, I mean I know State. Colorado State has David Roddy and he's a good player and they got some they say got some decent guards but I think our our guards defensively are are fantastic with Devonte Jones as long as they play up to their level. I mean there's been times where they have they've definitely slept a little bit in some of the games that we needed them but. I mean, Dickinson can have a, have a big game. I mean, he's still coming back from the flu the last two weeks. So there, I think that there's a lot of reason why people are picking Michigan over the upset. I mean, Colorado's still a good team. I think that they're definitely going to be overlooked just because, you know, they're next to Michigan, and that's just naturally, oh, yeah, yeah, Michigan. They're a pretty good team always. They could be an upset there. But, I mean, it's going to have to be who shows up, and I think that's really both Michigan teams, right? Which team shows up? Exactly. you got to get out early. Top ten teams at the, at the cap, but – can be got, how low 50 teams got to get out early mm-hmm. all right uh so we've established how we feel about the michigan teams our top picks but I, I i gotta know uh so if you were to choose one underdog to like make a ridiculous run this year who are you choosing how big of an underdog are we talking here? yeah and how like big of a ridiculous digit? run like are we talking sweet 16 that should never be in it like an oral roberts type deal or a ucla tape deal where they make the final four we can i, I Let's do like either of those. Okay. I, what, what I've seed. What seed? Are we? Are we? Are we double going digit at? seed. Yeah, we'll go. We can do double digits. Double digits. Double digits. Digit. Okay. You guys want to go first, or you, you want me to go? Ooh, you can I'll, go. I'll let you go first. Chattanooga. Well, I like Ooh. it. I like it. I like. I it. have, I think I have five brackets, and I have one bracket where Illinois wins, the first game. Yeah. Chattanooga is one of those teams that I just think can can be really good, and if I had to choose a second. It'd be Murray State. Yeah, I like that I, one too. I will absolutely and, agree on Murray State. But I feel like the Chattanooga is more of an extreme situation. I think Murray State could very realistically make the Sweet 16. I think it's going to be harder for Chattanooga to do so. Okay, I know Virginia Tech is a, a bigger-name school, uh, but <laughs> they're playing the best basketball mm-hmm. of their I life I have them right beating now. Purdue, actually. And they're the, playing, they're in the playing round of 32 the, they're in one playing of my the brackets. best basketball of their life right now. I mean, mm-hmm. so they're they're hot. So, I mean, you carrying the momentum into the tournament. I mean, they're, they're, they're a, a double-digit seed that can get out to a, probably at least a Sweet 16 berth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I like, I like that, that pick, one. too. I mean, they rolled through the ACC. They made Duke kind of look foolish in that championship game. Uh, if I picked one, oof, it seems pretty easy on paper. Iowa State get through LSU. LSU's been a travesty of a team mm-hmm. this year. New head coach halfway through interim. They've went through literally 
every part of the thick of it in their journey to get to the tournament. And then next round you're playing Wisconsin. That's been hit or miss as of lately. And then you can get past, and assuming that it goes chalk, you're playing an Auburn team that's been falling down this year. I mean, that's almost a free round, almost to the Elite Eight. And then you're going to be talking about playing Kansas or Iowa potentially in that matchup and or even Providence if they got that far which that one would be, that would probably even be more favorable to Iowa State just mm-hmm. for how well they've played elite defensive team uh so they've had a little bit of trouble scoring it but if they can figure out how to be able to put the ball in the basket on neutral site I mean we've all, we've always seen teams coming in this tournament and they're good shooting teams and it's almost like yeah oh yeah neutral floor shooting that's going to be a huge asset but then there's been teams that just strictly cannot shoot the rock, and the, and when it happens in those two games, it's one and done, and you're gone. And it just it no matter how well you shot in the regular season, all that matters is in in March. Another team uh, just won last night to uh, play in the round of 64. Indiana, Indiana. Don't say Indiana. good one. They're a good. They're 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 a good team, but they they have a good coach. They're coached well. They have some wins over some 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 of the top teams in in, in the nation. And Trace Jackson they have Davis. arguably Man. the best, most like underrated player in the entire country. I, mm-hmm. I, I like him. He he went off last night. And through the entire Big Ten tournament, too. Yeah. He's a, a fantastic player. And I, I was talking to my, my dad the other night, and he was like, well, who would you rather have, Kofi Coburn or Trace Jackson Davis? Jackson oh, Davis. Jackson Davis, Every for sure. day of the week. His I mean, versatility. The versatility yeah. of that guy, the athleticism. Oh, my gosh. That's what you dream for as a coach. Mike Woodson should just – Plus the it's attitude. It's like a birthday present for him, man. That's an incredible player. Yeah, attitude, too. I mean, Jackson Davis is always very humble. He's yep. he's, a, he's a good guy. Where Coburn – you know, nothing against Kofi Coburn. I do actually like Coburn a lot. But how many times have you watched him get frustrated – and Gone. Brad Underwood's got to pull him out of the game for a few minutes to cool him down. I've yep. never once seen Trace Jackson Davis no. do anything like that. So, Yeah, and the passion, too. I mean, he could have went up to a bigger Big Ten school, but he's like, no, I'm playing in Indiana, I'm being a Hoosier, and we're going to mm-hmm. get this team a championship. I mean, he could have even, even went to the NBA last year and yep. decided to come back for exactly. another season because he wanted to play in the NCAA tournament. That passion. So. I mean, that, they're in a good route. We saw it last year, UCLA. They got a pretty favorable matchup to complete that as well. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yep. Another uh, another low seed that I'm kind of looking at here. I think South Dakota State could make some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think the Providence game is not a bad matchup for South Dakota State. I wouldn't be surprised if they win that. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean they're going to be Iowa the second round. Stranger things have happened. And Richmond, Richmond could not. Richmond could knock off Iowa too. Richmond's not a bad team. Richmond but is a very. Uh, they're a very senior oriented team. It's mm-hmm. the last ride Cinderella story for them. Yep. I think I think just Iowa, man. There's something about the way they're playing right now. As a team, they got they got everything you need in a in a in a championship uh, in a champion as a uh, NCA. So I mean, they got your score, Keegan Murray. He goes out and gets you 20 plus. They got shooters around him. They're good on the free throw line. At times, they 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 play good defense. So I mean. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna I, be interesting. I think too that if Iowa played a full season the way they played these last five, six weeks ish, maybe, maybe not, maybe more like a month. But if they played the entire season that way, they top would five. be a top five team top and the number five, one yeah. seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But and they're hurts. coming. They're coming off the Big Ten championship, so yeah, mm-hmm. a little high horse. Yeah. They're feeling it. I don't think I don't think the Big Ten is quite as dominant as it was last year. And I think that's good for the Big Ten's tournament outlook. Mm-hmm. Because last year, you know, you had Illinois. You had these, Michigan. even Purdue at one point, Michigan. 
that were just so high ranked and they were never gonna <laughs> live up to that expectation. Yeah. Illinois gets issue. beat by their other their exactly. counterpart in Chicago, right? But right down the street from them. Yep. I yep. Mean, See you later. I think this year there's not quite so much pressure on the Big Ten to because last year, you know, how many times did we hear analysts talking about, oh, this is the Big Ten's year to to win a tournament for the first time since 2000. Not really hearing that so much this year. It's more Big Twelve, SEC, or I mean, um, Big East teams like that that could that they're really talking about. Could I think that that's good for the Big Ten. Could Loyola make some noise? I think Loyola could definitely make some noise. Uh, first year head coach Drew Valentine. Drew Valentine. I think they're. I think they're almost. My preferred ten set ten over seven team. I think. Ohio State is major slumping right now. Yeah. I, they've won what, like two games in the past month, yeah. maybe. Got a bunch of guys hurt. Yeah, they're, they're just not healthy. Very inconsistent. They're <laughs> extremely reliant on EJ Liddell. Plus, outside of him, I mean, I know that Malachi's been okay, but outside of Liddell, they really don't have anyone that's super good. Honestly. Yeah, and role then, players. I would say. Yeah, I mean, guys that can that that play well, but. I just don't feel like Ohio State is good, as good as they were last year. By uh, no, not even close. Not even close. Yeah, they don't and have. They don't even have really a. F- well, I mean, EJ Liddell is your finisher. Yeah. Pre- at the at stretch four spot, so mm-hmm. that's kind of a hard place to put him in that part of a game, especially when you're playing teams that can, that have the ability that be elite defensively, like Loyola has been, mm-hmm. um, especially over the Porter Mosier year. This year's a little bit different. With Drew Valentine, they're a little more offensive oriented, which I think is why they're getting a little slept on as far as uh, why aren't we talking about them more? But I mean. To me, I real I would love to see Sister Jean get one more ride to the Final Four. I just hate their matchup with Villanova because yep. sizably that's going to be a huge problem for them. Yep. And I think that's what everybody would probably agree with. But I mean, and their experience too over there in the Villanova yeah, side. It, it's it's hard to beat Jay Wright in the NCAA tournament, and any team that does should really have a pat on the back for that. So, but it's going to be. I think that this could be a good seven ten you could take with Loyola. I would definitely put them there because. San Francisco, yeah, over Murray State. I don't know. Murray State's David, just playing talked phenomenal. Talked about David Murray State's, Murray State's way too good, man. Yeah, Miami and USC. That's I think uh, USC. I USC. think yeah, USC. Mobley's just way too. They good. They pound it inside. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how my. I think Miami's too streaky to shoot it to try to keep up. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be a great. I option I, I actually think that USC could knock off Auburn in the second round. That's I think really USC could take Wisconsin in the Sweet 16 if, if Wisconsin makes it that far. Auburn's I mean, mm-hmm. been a little bit sketchy. Uh, I, yeah, I One so of my far. breaks, I actually have Jacksonville beating Auburn in the first round yeah. just because, oh. you know. Why I would not? I would agree with you that so you, so you have a so you have a 15 seed knocking them off any mm-hmm. any other on, only one that's not like my that's not like my main bracket but okay. just because I feel like if there's a hey. two seed that's going to lose that would Auburn would be the one 16 to 15 seed do you think you know in your actual bracket would you pick them to win a game this year no 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 if I had to pick no. one 15 seed I would probably pick St Peter's over Kentucky would be the one that I would take but I don't think that. Jacksonville State over Auburn is a bad one either. Because Jacksonville State, frankly, with, of course, the rule allegations of that conference, you know, Bellarmine won the tournament. Mm-hmm. They're still transitioning. They can't get in. Regular season champ Jacks. They have no reason to be there, right? Nothing to lose. So there's mm-hmm. 100% that Plus aspect. And Auburn's probably the lowest two seed. I think they yep. put Duke there just because of their slump. But if you put those two teams together, I mean, even in, especially in March with the success over time, people are going to pick Duke over Auburn all day long. I just feel like, so my, a couple years ago when, or maybe it was five years ago now, when Arizona was a two seed and they had DeAndre Ayton, I just feel everyone thought, you know, they're so good, they're so talented, and they lost like first round. 
I kind of feel like that's the same Auburn team. Jawari Smith, oh, he's so good. You don't really see a lot of freshman-led teams make it that far in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think I see a way that Texas Southern has any chance against Gonzaga. Mm-mm. Nah. No. I don't I it's definitely not. I will say though, out of all of the one seed sixteen matchups that you would definitely say Gonzaga's a Sunbelt team as a sixteen is very intriguing. And if you put them against Baylor, would we would take Georgia State in that scenario, possibly for how well or how poorly they've played. Yeah, I don't know. I I love Baylor like you do, but I just don't see them. No, I, I agree. This is a different team. Much that, different team. With the injuries. Even Coach Drew has from last year. Even if they had Oscar, because what's his name? Uh, Oscar Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, even if they had him, like I still would feel like they're the weakest of the four one seeds, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think you would have to agree. And, I mean, if they went th- – the, the argument I would make, too, is – They've been through thick and thin, and they've responded really well. I mean, last year with the COVID shutdown, mm-hmm. then we were talking about, oh, they're not the same team, and then look what they did in March. So that would be kind of where my I'm still hoping on that they, they can do really well. But I think, obviously, when you look at other teams, that Arizona's been playing lights out. Gonzaga, of course, is going to be a, a talented team that can make it very far. Uh, but And then Kansas as well. I mean, can't, I'm not saying that necessarily Kansas can't make a run. I just don't trust them because of past history. And that's what I like to do my brackets off of is the experience factor over yep. a lot of different things. So I know that there's going to be a lot of people that pick Kansas, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine to me. I mean, you got like Ojibaji, that's first-team All-American. He's going to lead that squad. And uh, Bill Self has a lot of experience in those games, so he's going to do really well. So I think there's – I think it's going to be hard for me to say, you know, here's UMBC 2.0 just because, I mean – it's one in how many 123 games, or how many over long it's been. So, and plus history's that, not on your side. But that, that Virginia history team is. was, uh, I don't know, it just wasn't a. I, I didn't think they were as good as everyone thought they were. Yeah, Virginia? yeah, yeah. Well, Vir- I think the problem with Virginia is they were so defensively just locked in. If they let up and they realized they had to actually get up and score, that they had problems with that. And that's really what ended up was what 71 to 52 that game was. Like yeah, they, something like that. They could not score. And they just let Lyles kill him. Yeah. From it, UMBC. I it, mean, he's probably scored, what, like 23, 24 points? Yeah. Something I mean, like they, that, he so. they just let him up. Think yeah. of the Duke story if when, you know, wow, they win and it's Coach K's last year. Yeah. It's Coach K's last year, so you can definitely see the, you know, Cinderella story going there. So I think you could definitely make the argument that that would be kind of – I think as a basketball fan, you'd be pretty pleased if – Duke, you know, had a pretty good run at it for Coach K's last year for what he's done to the game of basketball, both at the collegiate and the professional level with Team USA. So you could definitely see them. Obviously, it kind of hurts for us Michigan men seeing them having to play Michigan State, obviously rooting against them for that. But I think people, I think I think America would be happy to see Coach K get one last run hey, at it as well. Yeah. 2018 was one of the, the best college and that um, makes me extremely nervous. For <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> if Michigan State does have to play Duke again, I don't. I like Michigan State's chances against Duke better than Davidson, like I said, but I still don't think that Michigan State would win that game. I just don't see Coach K taking two vastly superior talent-wise teams against Michigan State in the tournament and losing both of them. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. I mean, 2019, so. they just ran into uh, Cassius Winston. So yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Cash just played out of his mind, man. I know as a Michigan fan, when I watched Cash just play, I just, it was just so hard. We miss Cash so bad. So we really hard. do. We it miss Cash so Ever bad. Ever since he has left, we have <laughs> not yeah. had Is he, is he in Washington guard. still? Washington? Yeah, I think he's on the G League. G League. Yeah. So is Xavier Simpson, though, too. I mean, so it's kind of it's kind of hard for those type players because the NBA is really hard against, like, you know those, Small, those smaller yeah. guards. Small size guards. They want, they want size. So. Yeah. When you look at you look at even the difference between Simpson and Winston. I mean, Simpson was vastly more athletic than Winston yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Winston was an incredible athlete. Don't He's get me crafty. wrong, but he was more crafty than Finesse. he was quick or explosive. I would say, like yeah. you know, Xavier Simpson with his moves. But yeah, and he's a big shot maker. Yeah. Oh Cassius yeah. Winston, I wouldn't. Or sorry, Cassius Winston, I would trust making a three point shot all day. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. But a hook shot though. Oh, you know I'm taking in that one. Yeah, exactly. Bring back the baby hook. I do think, too, I would love to see a stat on Cassius Winston's three-point percentage in clutch time, like under two minutes in a game, in a five-point game, let's say, in his career at Michigan State. I would say 50% or better. Yeah, it's got to be. How many clutch guys? Not even three-pointers. I I mean, think of all the tough, crafty layups. I mean, the only one I can think that really stands out that he missed was – Indiana, his junior year at Indiana, when he missed that baseline little runner, that would have won them a game yeah. against Indiana. That's yeah. the only one I can think of that he missed, where it was like shot. a big shot. Yeah. you know, it, there's like an aura too of Assembly Hall. Like it's hard to come back against Indiana. Oh, at Assembly that Hall place. is brutal it's, to play because it's not. It's not like it's not a huge like just this enormous fan based arena of you're looking up and it's just. Literally, there's so many seats, so many people. It's not like Mackey. It's not like Chrysler. It's not like Breslin. It's like it's got its own feel to it. I mean, it's got the old-fashioned wood, and I mean, it's kind of a glorified auditorium. Is history what it, mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And there's that, a lot of history. That, in yeah, there. it's a huge advantage for Indiana because of how unorthodox it is compared to the modern stadiums that we're playing in right now in the modern-day arenas. So it, it's hard to, to play at Assembly Hall too, but. You got to give that guy credit. I mean, he had a heck of a career, and he certainly gave us Wolverine fans fits for years. Yeah, yeah. he got totally robbed of one more run, but well, so did so many players. I mean, yeah. while we are gone, tough to think about that, but time is all past. Bob Knight for mm-hmm. most Big Ten wins. That is true. Congrats, yep. that, that's that's a crazy accomplishment. I mean, just thinking of like the years you got to put in to really win that many games, and, and it also it also makes you think of how good. Bobby Knight was to think that Izzo's oh. still hundreds of wins behind him yep. all time. Mm-hmm. He just passed Same. him at one school. I mean, incredible. But yeah, that's another four or five seasons he'd have to take to catch him. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. What, for 20 sure. wins a, at least a year? Yeah. If he wants to do four or five more seasons, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Hey, what if he w- – okay, he wins it all, hang it up? Uh, no. Call it a day? Because he, he's already – I mean, he's already talked about it a little bit. Um He's like he's not at that point yet. No, he said like when he does get to that point where he's like not enjoying it as much anymore, that's when he'll hang it up. But right now, I think he's he still enjoys it. That's fair. I think next season we have another year like this year, where start out really strong or and then slump massively in Big Ten play, and the fans are all you know like oh Izzo's got to go blah blah blah. Um, I think that he will go out with Steven. Yeah. But next year we come out and we're a dominant team. We get, you know, 
kind of back to the Michigan State way, if you will, of winning. Mm-hmm. I think he keeps. Max I think Christie he keeps going back. beyond Steven. Ho- mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully Max Christie's back. Oh, Christie I mean, will be back for sure. I, Christie might I, be a three-year I, player I, at I this hope, point. Like, I hope he doesn't. I, I hope he doesn't go to the try to test the draft won't. waters. He I definitely just, won't. I mean, I he don't feel like his, that's a good idea for his, him. He his talent not. is just like unbelievable, but he just has to hit those shots. I will. I would literally be willing to say that NBA scouts would laugh in his face if he like tried to go pro after the season right because yeah he's had a couple games where he played phenomenally and it's like oh he's a one and done but he's had way more games where it's like this is literally a guy that shouldn't even be in the starting five yeah I mean, little little streaky at least at least you know like an aaron henry i don't think that i think he should have came back for his senior year but at least he was a consistently good player you know what i mean like he didn't have many games where he scored six points and he also did like all the dirty work too. yeah exactly so I just I don't see any way Max Christie leaves. No. But. Yeah, I think I think you you need the you need the intangibles too with a, a player that's considerably going to be a one and done kind of a guy. Like you, you like Max Christie's a smaller guy. I mean, he doesn't mm-hmm. have some of the measurables as some of these guys. Like, like as far as the Michigan perspective is, we're talking about Musti Mbate. Why? Because he's raw. He's one of the best physical players, and he's got all those tools. Yep. And that's kind of one thing that like Christie, he has the game, but. When we have these, when we talk about a lot of these guards that have the game, but then they translate to the NBA level and that physicality, that's where you can see like a slight drop off. Because I mean, that was a big concern when Franz was going to be um, going his sophomore year, and then obviously he stayed, and then he developed in in the, in the Big Ten got extraordinarily physical, and that's helped him right now in Orlando. So I, th- I mean, I think I personally as like just a fan of a lot of the Michigan State players, I, I kind of hope Christie stays because if he could develop, he can be a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. And that scares me, especially knowing you're gonna have to play <laughs> those guys twice. Hopefully, yeah. he ga- hopefully he gains around like maybe like ten pounds. Yep, exactly. A little bit more filled out, muscular. Muscular, exactly. More I muscle. think <laughs> I think he needs to develop into an Iggy Brazdakis type of player. Oh yeah, you know, a little bit bigger, a little tougher, a little more aggressive. Because I mean, Christie, he's si- how many two hand slams does he have from the baseline this year? Quite a few, but he just doesn't have that drive to get to the rim enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think like like a Brazdakis. Yeah, Brazdakis would literally hopefully a raging bull oh, with yeah. a red coat. I remember on. there would, was one time he just ran right everybody. through Miles Bridges to yeah. get to the rim. That so. guy, yeah. that guy, just physicality wise was incredible. Just needed a shot, and you give Christie shot to Iggy, <laughs> and that there you go. That's mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Exactly. He has a shot, just needs it to fall. That's all yeah, he needs. That's true. He's got a good stroke. So March Madness officially kicks off for the big stage tomorrow. Keep a lookout for that. Keep a lookout for us. Follow us on Spotify for these podcasts. Follow us online for Torch content. And, of course, pick up a copy of your Torch paper. We will be back next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.